Hi, welcome to the 55th episode of In The Vitrine. My name is Danny, And this is Nadia. And, and today, today we're going to be talking about a couple of things. The first is the Simon Rocher H&M collection. And the second is our experience at Singapore Art Book Fair. Yes. Hmm. So yesterday was the big launch of the Simon Rocher H&M collaboration. And I mean, there's been quite a lot of I've been seeing it on my feet a lot because a lot of artists and like uh, people that I follow like Laila Gohar or this uh, painter who was in the campaign called Faith was in the collection and she did try to do like this interactive book uh, campaign and obviously the the film the fashion film that they did was beautiful you know and we just love Simon Rocha in in oh, definitely. first place. Like we went, we waxed lyrical about her and Cecily Bunsen um, a year or two ago, and yeah. we've just been big fans of her work. So obviously the collection was very hyped up, and we were discussing between us. But a very big nagging thing that I've been having about it is just the fact that it's. H&M and it's still fast fashion and when the designer collaborations first started um, in the early 2000s um, we still were very excited about the concept of fast fashion and how it was this idea of democratizing uh, fashion and making it accessible for all right but as after 2013 and Rana Plaza um, we've been talking about fast fashion more in like a negative way and the idea of like mass consumption, cheap produced goods. And so all now we're in 2021. So this this is all like kind of very, I guess, conf not confusing, but like there's all these different things to think about. It's not just, oh, this is a designer I like and I want to buy it, right? Yeah. I think you're just conflicting desires, right? Like wanting to be a responsible consumer of fashion but also loving, you know, the price point and the offerings that H&M has. And this reminds me again of um, our very last trip together and apart, <laughs> like, you know, to Melbourne when we did this um, conference, right? Critical fashion, what's it called critical fashion? Because I can't remember yes. what it's called, critical fashion. Critical fashion. Um, and, you know, we, we were, I was surprised that one of the speakers said, actually, um, fast fashion companies uh, do this sustainability thing better than others because they are held more accountable, there are more eyes on them. And so they have this um, resources and structure to make sure that that really does happen. But I think we're still skeptical. And I think it's also about comparing what is available at H&M with what else is available out there. So um, recently I had the opportunity to visit this studio in Singapore called HHFZ Studio, or Studio HHFZ, I think it's the other way around. And, um, you know, I, I looked at these beautiful, you know, chong sums that are made, you know, bespoke, and it's got very playful silhouettes, you know, like a loose fitting chong sum, um, or like a play suit and things like that. And I was very taken by these designs. And, you know, thinking about the price point for that, which isn't that much more expensive, I would say, you know, than a Simon Rocha H&M dress. Like if I bought maybe two 
of the Simone Rocha H&M collection dresses, I would be able to pay for one Studio HHZ dress, right? And I think that's a very real thing we deal with when making fashion choices, you know, how much do we have at our disposal and how do we spend that? What will give us, you know, the most satisfaction? I think usually we'll think the more we get out of it, the better we feel. Um, but the trend generally has been towards like, how do I get something that I will love for a longer time that will be more special, um, that's more unique. So one of the things I was thinking about is like, if I buy a Simone Rocha H&M dress now and I wear it out, like, oh, everyone is going to know what it is. Or like, oh gosh, I'm going to meet with like 10 other people who are wearing the same thing. Um, so there's also that idea of wanting to be individual so I don't know. I'm still in two minds. I, I haven't bought anything from the collection, but I've definitely been like looking and scrolling through the the products online. Well, I went to the store yesterday and because oh, hey. of social <laughs> and because of social distancing, um, you know, you had to make a slot to go in. And I didn't. I didn't book a slot. So I just walked in after the whole frenzy happened in the morning. And I just wanted to try the clothes, you know, because I, I was like, oh, I don't want to support fast fashion, but then I love this designer. So I just went to have a look. So I went with my friend and we, we went and we tried on some things and I don't know, it just didn't feel the same way that it feels to wear. Like I've tried on Cecilia Bunsen dresses in Dover Street Market before, and me too. <laughs> Without buying, <laughs> yeah, it feels so. If you feel good in them, and it feels the materials feel good, the fit fits really well. And I don't know if it's just because those garments were the ones that were left behind, and everything good was taken, or there were a lot of things that were only available online. For example, like there's this uh, brocade silk cotton polyester dress that I was eyeing um, but just it just didn't feel good and, and and the polyester was not not very nice and to me it didn't really seem very nice to me and the I, I tried on this uh, kind of fitted and then poofy uh, pink dress and mm -hmm. I just felt very like a little girl but not in a good sense it, it was right. just, felt a bit costumey and then you know you're there and then you try it on and then there's these hoodies that she has with like ruffles and then uh -huh. on the way to the fitting room you see another like regular hoodie and it's just like the the making of these garments is just different you know and i would yeah. really like to compare to garments by Simone Rocha, like one that is from her main line and I would love to compare it against like the H&M version and really see if the fit and the production is is different because mm -hmm. I mean the whole thing about the designer collaborations was meant to be that the designers have a say in in the production of the garments right right yeah so I'm not sure about that and there is a way of producing fast fashion like fast fashion is done like an assembly line like one person does only sleeves and then the other person just does like buttons whereas in an in a smaller workshop for example someone might be making the garment from start to to finish yeah i know what you mean i think i'm not going to be buying anything from this collection although um there are two dresses i really like so there's one that's um the red check 
with the red checks and then like these pearls at the hem at the bottom and in fact yesterday when I went to work I saw someone wearing it like someone I knew was wearing it um, because she got it earlier from Dover Street Market so it's really interesting right that it was a H&M collection but then it was also stocked at Dover Street Market um, and then you could get dips on that earlier you know if you're like part of the in crowd, I don't know. I don't know what it, the criteria is to get access to the Dover Street Market um, pieces, but there was also something about that that kind of turned me off to buying it for myself. It's like, oh, someone else is wearing it already, and I know the person, and then I can see it up close. And I think some of the magic goes away as well, right? When it is not right in front of you, right? When it's just online, you dream, you fantasize about what it could look like on your body. Um, and then there's the anticipation and the going to the store or there's anticipation of ordering it and then getting it at home and like ripping open the plastic and taking it out and trying it on. And, you know, always being optimistic that, yeah, it's going to fit really well and you're going to look really good in it. But then somehow when it's right in front of you, like in the store as you, you tried it on and then or seeing it on somebody else, some of the luster gets lost. I don't know. I think that's the thing about fashion. It really thrives on novelty. It's, it, it's super strange. And I'm thinking also about young designers and just designers in general. Like your hope is that people wear your garments and to make money, you need to sell quantities. But yeah. at the same time, when when your garments out there are out there in the masses, yeah, you lose that that individuality or that yeah that desirability of owning something special so it really is fascinating how contradictory fashion can be <laughs> let me yeah or oh, you just saw my washing machine <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> yeah well okay i mean I, I don't know what we're going to decide. Maybe we will buy eventually, maybe when it goes on sale or when it's secondhand or whatever it is. But for now, we're in two minds. Um, and I thought we can move on to talk about our past weekend, which I gather we're still yeah. recovering from. So, I'm still recovering um, from my weekend, yes. <laughs> my wild we didn't weekend. Have fair. A weekend. <laughs> yeah, we were like working over the weekend um, on two separate things, but at the same place. So there was the Singapore Art Book Fair that took place um, 5th to 7th March at two locations, NTU, CCA, Singapore. So um, that was one location, the other location was 7213. Um, and this was uh, an art book fair, right? And they didn't have one last year because of the pandemic. So this year they had two locations and it was, um, I thought it was a success. I don't know, it felt successful to me. Like, I, I, I thought coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy the art book fair because it's the only one of the only art events that happen in Singapore where I would bump into like people I haven't seen in a long time, like from my secondary school, you know, not not just people who are in the fashion industry or who are in the art scene. Um, and we had we had to do the booking system again. So it was really like a very small version of the regular art book fair however it was fully booked some people had to queue for like an hour to get in um yeah well as background i mean um i am editor at artandmarket.net and you know we were the media partner of the fair so i had a booth um but nothing to do with fashion at my booth it's just that i had a booth and it was in the same location as danny's fabulous project with stephanie jane burt um in this duo called a stubborn bloom so okay. danny tell us more about the booth and how it was received and all that 
So we actually have done this uh, film and this website under stubbornbloom.com as part of the digital presentation grant. So we presented it two weeks ago and we had the amazing opportunity to have a space at the art book fair. So we kind of took over this big room and created a physical installation with all the physical research objects that we used for our work. So all these home economics textbooks and magazines from the 70s, because um, we were studying that and then all these objects. And then we made an accompanying zine. It was really, really good. Like we met um, so many different people who had like either really good or traumatized experiences of home economics. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was just like, you know, talking, talking, talking for the whole weekend and it was really, nice to experience that physical presentation of work again. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed the video that you produced with Stephanie. Um, it was so nostalgic. I really enjoy, I mean, for me, I love looking at old magazines, as you know, and I really enjoy always the recipes and the pictures that they take of the recipes. And you did amazing work, especially with like the agar-agar jelly, right? The savory yeah. jellies that look really like it would be gross to eat, but so beautiful in yeah. presentation. Was that yeah. in the beauty? Yeah. Exactly. And you know how you were very stepfoot wifeish in presenting with like the slow turns and then the like um I don't know, the vignettes, you know, that you put together, they were really, you know, evocative of that period. And I guess it also helped us to think about life then and now. And you know, you you guys were also wearing aprons, right? That you made or that you sourced, along with accoutrements like um I don't know, hairdryer and things like that. So that was very fun, I think, for the audience. Yeah, it, we had really good uh, feedback for it. And um, it was really nice. And with all the text that we used in the video was from the home economics textbooks in the 70s. So some of the language was a bit jarring mm. to our modern years. <laughs> Well, great job. And I think like you still need, I think you need this weekend coming up to sort of like recuperate from that. Yeah. Um, but I also know you have lots of assessment to do. So I don't know, <laughs> you'll figure it out. But that's us for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you listen to, please follow us at In The Vitrine on Instagram. And you can find our podcast um, on all the usual podcast channels. Bye. Bye.